I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Hello, welcome to today's episode. I have Christina West. She is the lovely face and brain behind Kindred Quilt Co. She is a pattern designer. She is an art gallery socialite. Can you imagine a socialite on my show? I know, silly. Um... (laughs) Anyway, her bundle is called Wild. Woo, her bundle is called Wildflower Hill. Um, she has fantastic color options in her bundle. She lives and loves the fairy butterfly life, and you can definitely see that in her makes and her color choices. And she is that way in person as well. I guess I only know over Zoom, but just talking to her, you definitely get that vibe from her. So it's very true to her and it's just a great experience. If you don't know Christina, I hope you enjoy this episode. So let's get into it. This episode is sponsored by Unfold Integral Coaching. Hey, how many things are you doing right now? Listening to this podcast? That's one. Are you also driving, cooking, working out, scrolling social media? And what's on your mind? All those unanswered texts, that looming deadline, that worry about that issue that will just not go away. You've got a lot going on. In this crazy world, we all do. And we're losing touch with our natural ability for deep healing rest. That means most of us are living with a dysregulated nervous system that keeps us on edge during the day, wide awake at night, and snapping at the people we love most. But here's the thing. You have the power to shift your body from fight or flight to rest and digest. And Christina Bonnet Acosta, a Stanford-educated integral coach, wants to teach you how for free. She's offering a no-cost 30-minute coaching session to 50 out of 90,000 listeners for the holidays. You'll log out of Zoom feeling deeply relaxed and equipped with two proven techniques for finding calm in any chaos. Buddhist teacher Lama Pema Dragpa describes Christina as one of the most caring and insightful people he has ever encountered. And a past client said, for me, every session with Christina has meant real, long-lasting transformation. So, if you're tired of being held hostage by your own nervous system, grab your free session at www.christinabonnet.com. The link will be in the show notes. Grab it before it goes back to its normal price of 65 euros or 70 US dollars. You're just 30 minutes away from finding flow in your body, mind, and life. Have you gotten your hands on some Not Your Granny's Quilt Show merch yet? Well, if not, the shop is there for you. If you head to nygqs.printify.me, you can shop now. There's sweatshirts, t-shirts, a mug, sticker, three sizes of tote bag in different colors. Go grab something today. Everything is super high quality. I personally have everything in the shop and use it and wear it because I want to know that what I'm providing to you is of good quality. And let me tell you what, everything is great. It washes and wears so well. I have loved everything. So go get yourself a t-shirt or a sweatshirt today, or even that trusty old mug and show your love for the show. That is nygqs.printify, P-R-I-N-T-I-F-Y 
bit.ly and get your merch today. And now let's get on to the show. I just like to get everything on. <laughs> what um, were you going to say? I was going to say, I love that you're going through and like getting all the socialites. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. I was going back and like listening to like um, Ashlyn's. I hadn't mm-hmm. seen that one. Um, oh. That was back in like February, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was a while ago. Um, yeah. And I was like, man, she's got everybody. <laughs> I'm just missing Taylor. Yeah. She's, did she respond to you or has she messaged you she back? She said like, cause you guys were at art gallery at the time. Uh-huh. And so she's like, I'm away. Like I'll get back to you. And she hasn't yet. So I was going to reach out to her and be like, Hey, get on my schedule. <laughs> Do that. Cause she has ADHD like me. And yeah, yeah. It's I'm probably too, gone. So. <laughs> There's times where I'm like, I'm going to, I should message that person. I'll like go. And I'm like, Oh, I already sent them a message. <laughs> like, Just do it again. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Hey, just checking in. Yeah. No, I'm excited. And it's funny because like I got to Ashlyn before I lied. She got to me because I had put out like in one of the episodes was like, if you want to be on the show, like, let me know. Cause it was like, it gets overwhelming to try to figure out like who to ask. Like I love so many designers and quilters uh-huh. and it's just like, I want to talk to everyone, but then that's when I like get overwhelmed and shut down. So I was like, if you want to be on the show or you have something to promote, like message me or in, like email me and like, let's set it up. And so she requested, she's like, I'll be on your show. And I was like, hell yeah. So, but That's so cool. was fantastic. And then, yeah. And then the socialite stuff came out and I was like, holy crap, like, this is so fun. And yeah, anyway, so it was a whole thing, but. Well, I'm so glad you reached out. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. I'm so excited. And I Hi. can't wait to just like learn more about you. I've always like, as when I found you, which I don't even know how long ago it was, it's been a while, but like when I found you, I was like, this is one of my people because I'm a color girl. Like my quilts are packed with color. I need all of the color. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I just was like, I can't ever get sick of looking at your stuff and like, thank you. I just can't wait to talk all about it. So yes. Yeah. But, um, like, I don't know. Cause I haven't done, like, I try not to do too much research. Cause I don't want to like come into it knowing so many things. So like, I don't, yeah. Like, where did you start sewing and quilting? And like, let's yes. go all the way back to the beginning. So I first started quilting in, it was late 2013, early 2014. So I'm about to hit my 10 year mark, mm-hmm. um, which is really fun. Um, I started quilting when my son, when I was pregnant with my son and it was sort of out of necessity. Um, that's a little dramatic, but, Mm. um, (laughs) I wanted this, like, I wanted a cool nursery. We had a small one bedroom apartment and there was like, it was like 500 square feet. And we had this like space. It wasn't like a second bedroom, but we had this Mm -hmm. space and I was like, I want to decorate it and make it so cute. Um, and I wanted nursery bedding and it was too expensive on Etsy. And so <laughs> I have the, I have the, uh, like how hard can it be gene? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to figure this out. So I saw some, uh, who was it? It was a blog post from somebody mm-hmm. forever ago, but it was these beautiful triangle quilts. Mm-hmm. And the one I saw was pink and black and white. 
and I had a boy and so I wanted like minty and neutral colors Mm. um and so I figured it out and I made it and I didn't have a sewing machine at the time so I did it all by hand (laughs) and I had no idea what it was doing oh my gosh um yep and uh I figured it out and it turned out okay like looking at it now I laugh I'm like oh my gosh there's so much I did wrong right Right. whatever quote unquote that whatever that means yeah but um it turned out so good and I was so proud of myself and um at the time I was working at um as a manager at Hot Belly sandwich shop Mm -hmm. I love their sandwiches if you've never had (laughs) I think Um, we have one in our I think we have one like in our courthouse like it's like attached to the building so anyway (laughs) I had I ate it like every day my whole pregnancy um Um, also because I worked there but also because I loved it um but um uh at the time I was looking for a way to make more income because I really wanted to try to be at home more and also daycare was outrageously expensive I couldn't afford it and so um once again, sort of out of necessity um, and encouragement from my dear, dear husband. Mm-hmm. He was like, these are so good. You should try to sell them. And I was like, I will. And um, that's how it started. So Wow. That's yeah. so fun. It's <laughs> like, it's so funny. The things that like, we just see and we're like, I can make that. Like, I'll figure it out. And I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I just, I love that. Cause I think sometimes like, like that's the kind of attitude you need to just like get through life <laughs> like honestly <laughs> like how hard can this be like or just know that everything has a solution like yeah and you know sometimes it's born out of necessity and sometimes it's born out of just like pure stubbornness in my case yep. but mm-hmm. like <laughs> oh yeah watch me like <laughs> yep but that's so cool and so you were selling like finished quilts on Etsy or yeah. So my, um, I guess a little more backstory. My, when I told my grandma, I made this quilt, mm-hmm. um, she wasn't a quilter. My mom was in a quilter, but my, her mom, my great grandma. So my okay. grandma's mom was a quilter and she was like, your great grandma was a quilter. I never got to meet her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, um, I have her sewing machine. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, of course I want it. I'll try it. And so it was a, it was a singer 401, um, which is like, I don't know, they're a really good machine. And that's what I learned on. Um, And so I got that and I looked at YouTube and Susie Quilts' blog and, uh, and I just taught myself how to sew on the machine. And then, yeah, I made like a handful of quilts. I mean, this was not a business. I was Mm -hmm. like, making like uh, I was underselling or under charging yeah my quilts on Etsy just to sell them and but people bought them and I was like so happy when I made that first sale yeah and um uh and then that eventually turned into a business which we can get into later but yeah, yeah, for <laughs> um, sure. but yeah that's that's how it all started and Etsy wow. was at the time was great mm-hmm. um I have like a love-hate relationship with Etsy because I know it like allowed me to do what I did but then mm-hmm. also it's like what are you doing now <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I'm in that boat right now and yeah. it's it's crazy but anyway 
Yeah. So how long did you like sell quilts on there before you like turned yourself into a business? So I probably sold quilts for about a year. It was really discouraging at first because like the first one took forever to sell. sell, And then I think the next one, it took like three months to sell. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just, uh, I don't know. I just kind of, I was still working at Potbelly Mm because I wasn't making enough money (laughs) selling uh, five quilts uh, on Etsy. And so um, I... I had also made his crib sheets and all of his bedding. So I figured out how to do all that. And so I was like, well, quilts are expensive. Mm-hmm. That price point is probably out of price range for people. What can I sell that could be more affordable? Cause that's the whole reason I did this was so I could, I could get something more affordable cause that bedding I wanted was like too much money. Right. Um, and so I started selling crib sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, on Etsy and then I it turned into kind of like all custom bedding Mm. um and it was slow at first but after about three months I got shared on Etsy's front page and then Mm. from there it exploded and so I was full-on just making crib sheets and then quilts sometimes but it was mostly just crib sheets and custom baby bedding um and that ended up being successful enough for me to completely quit my job wow. and just do that at home. Um, and so I did that until about 2017. Okay. Um, and then I am not a business manager or a financial person. And so <laughs> there were some mistakes I made running my business. Um, and I got really overwhelmed, very burnt out, wasn't able to manage my time or my whatever well. And Mm -hmm. so I ended up take like stopping that and took a step back and a break. Um, and so I stopped sewing for a while until Mm -hmm. I came back after COVID. So, okay. Like, what was that break like for you? Like, what did you fill your time with? If you weren't sewing, like, what were you exploring in that time? So I was mostly chasing around my son um, <laughs> and then um, uh, I wasn't working. I'm, I'm privileged enough that my husband's able to like support us mm-hmm. um, through his job. And so I was, yeah, I was mostly just running him around. I was doing some small business adventures. Like I was doing headbands, selling mm-hmm. headbands with my friend. Um, at local craft shows Um, and then we also were renovating our house so we renovated our house and sold it and then we bought another house and renovated Mm -hmm. it and sold it so my time was pretty much filled with home renovation Um, and then yeah after 2020 hit I had to we pretty much couldn't do anything. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was homeschooling my son cause he wasn't in school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And wow. then, and then I started quilting again. Cause I was like, I want to quilt. Like I don't want to do crib sheets. Yeah. I don't want to do custom things for other people. I want to do what I want to do. So, right. yep. Yeah. Well, and sometimes I think we have to take a step back from the thing we love so much and go, what, like, especially 
you know, like you said, you were burnt out and there were mistakes were made and you just kind of have to look, step back and go, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. I love this, but also it's killing me. Like I had to do the same thing with teaching. Like I loved my kids and I loved, I loved being with kids all the time. Yep. Well, not all the time, but like <laughs> a lot of the time, you know, I get it. And so but I was so sick all the time. You know, it's just like, there was all these signs that it just was not good for me. And so yeah. stepping back and going, what am I doing to myself? And like giving myself space. It's like, oh, I probably shouldn't do that anymore. And like, yeah, like finding the love again of the things that you loved before and being able to like take a new perspective on it is like, it is kind of a privilege, right? Because if you're not just yeah. like stuck in survival mode, like so many people are, you can take that time and it's risky either way but it's worth it if you can and like yeah it gives you a new and perspective as, on your life yeah and as much as like having a thriving business turn into like a not successful business um I as much as that sucked um I'm very grateful that I had that opportunity because um it has allowed my current what I'm doing now, um, I, I learned a lot and I, I know where I failed. I know where my, uh, maybe I set too high of expectations or over promised and under delivered. And mm -hmm. so now I know like, and I was able to like, I'm able to recognize where maybe I am having unhealthy behaviors or habits. Um, mm -hmm. during that time, that's when I found out I had ADHD. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that was, a whole learning experience. And so now I'm able to like recognize when I'm not being healthy, like you said, or when I'm, Oh man, I'm really burnt out or, Oh, I'm having trouble. Like with my executive dysfunction, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. something, else, something's going on if I'm not being healthy right now um, yeah. with my like personal life and my business life. Cause those are kind of one in the same at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so. like when you're self-employed and you work out of your own home or like, if like for me, I work on my parents' house. So it's like still the same thing. It's like, it's with me wherever I go. And it's like, it's hard to separate, but also, yeah, you have to like, look at how it's affecting both. Because if you're always bringing, you know, if you're always in that same environment, it's, it is really hard to separate. So yeah. being mindful of like, knowing yourself more is like so crucial to from you know my perspective and in my opinion like if you don't know yourself well enough to understand when you're burnt out or when you're like if you're like doing unhealthy things all of a sudden like oh something must be going on like so many people don't recognize that but when you can it's like you have so much more control and you have so yes. much more power because you've given voice to those things and like and I think too for women in business it's like I totally identify with like the underselling because, or like undercharging. Cause at first when we were starting our business, we were undercharging for everything. And I was like, we're literally losing money on every single quilt we make. Like this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And like my mom and I, like, I felt anxious about it, but I knew like enough about business. Cause my husband is like super into business and has always been, and he's always like dragged me through like learning stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I want to know this, but I'm like so grateful because now I know so many things and like, 
can correct those mistakes when we start finding them like, oh, actually this isn't going well. We should probably fix that. But like, anyway, so yes, just that idea of like, no, just because I'm a woman and making a craft, you know, like a handmade thing doesn't mean that it's worth less than anything else. Like just because it's not coming out of Pottery Barn doesn't mean that I should charge less for it. Like not that I'm looking yeah. to millions of dollars, would be nice, but also it's like there's a reality in all of it that's like if I'm not making any money, then like I can't continue this business and I really want to and or even if you don't want to, it's like, how do you find that balance? And it's hard, I think, for women, especially because we feel like we've got this like, like muzzle on our faces that we can't really say, hey, this isn't fair to me because then we're, you know, perceived as whiny or perceived as like not grateful. And it's like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. One million percent. Or like, I am such a people pleaser me and me too. Oh that God, comes too. from, that comes from probably trauma and um but also like expectations that society I feel like puts on women and so Mm -hmm. like I'm such a I am such a people pleaser and so I feel guilt why do I feel guilt when I like charge what my time is worth like why I don't know it's it's something that I've definitely had to like uh almost deconstruct from in the last Mm -hmm. um in this whole adventure that I've, uh, I've yeah. taken upon myself. So, yeah. 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 It's a crazy lesson to learn too. It's like, cause it is that guilt is like so deep in your bones. It's like, how do I do this and feel reasonable about it and not feel like I have to justify myself? Like justify. I'm allowed to say, no, actually it costs this. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's not rude. And I think that's like something that is hard too, is like feeling like by standing my ground or like by saying, no, this is how my business is run and like setting that boundary or that rule. It's like that good girl, quote unquote, good girl conditioning is like, makes you think you're being rude when really you're just being a normal person. (laughs) Like, yes. You're allowed yeah. to say those things that it's not rude. Our boundaries just hard. They're so hard. <laughs> Why are like, so hard? <laughs> I don't know. Well, and I've been learning like, cause it's like kind of nuanced almost in that, like there's a difference between boundaries and rules and boundaries yes. have to do with your own personal behavior and rules are how you expect other people to act. So it's like, if I tell, I mean, my husband, for example, but he never yells. So like, don't anybody get this wrong, but say my husband's like raising his voice when we're having a, you know, a discussion or something. And I say, I don't want to talk to you when you're raising your voice that way, because it's very triggering to me. Well, that's a rule. It's not a boundary. My boundary would be that I get up and leave the room. Like, does that make sense? So anyway. Yes. No, I just learned this. (laughs) I I just learned this, but it's not you can't do this. It's, yeah. This is what I will do if you continue. And yeah. so it's, yeah. it's, that's been a whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. And incorporating that, not just with people, but then with my own time, right. And my own, my business, like my business yeah. needs to respect my boundaries and like, mm-hmm. what does that look like? And it's very, yeah, it's weird to think about. So I know. <laughs> it's it a is. learning experience for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's hard, but I think the more at least for me, the more I practice it, the easier it gets to like, 
just come at it from like a neutral space too. Cause I think at first in business, you know, it's like people reject your proposal or, you know, people will say, Hey, I want this, da, da, da. We'll give them a quote. And if they're like, Whoa, that's too expensive. I used to get so defensive mm-hmm. and like, well, not like maybe to them, but like in my heart, you know, it's like my feelings. I felt so defensive and like, like so judged. And maybe that's where like the people pleasing comes from is like, we're like undercharging. It's like, you feel guilty because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings by making it unattainable for them. But at the same time, it's like, but then this business is unattainable for me and like, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, it's a therapy (laughs) session today. (laughs) I mean, that's what I'm here for. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like (laughs) mega deep in therapy right now. So I'm just like, all these things are constantly swirling in my head. And like my husband's in school for counseling, like he's getting his master's in counseling right now. So it's just literally nothing but counseling over here all the time. Great. I love it. It's great. It is really good. It's just like, how do I not vomit all of this on everybody? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, so, okay. So then after during after the pandemic you started kindred quilt co and yes so my yeah so kind of um uh my business name has changed so many times I can't (laughs) remember (laughs) Um, so before before it was kindred quilt co I it was west end arrow that was my whole um business name which is so funny because um I actually sold that like my website and my social media handles to a company called West End Arrow Ooh. Lighting. Oh. Um, and they sell lights at Target. <laughs> Just a fun fact. That's crazy. I should have got, I should have sold it for more. I didn't sell it for enough. It's the one, it's the one everyone needs to take. For, yeah, I know, right? Um, no, but um, so sometime in mid 2021, I think is when it was, uh, is when I really started like coming, showing up on social media. Um, again, I had been on Instagram since 2016, um, which Instagram back then was so different. Um, so different. And so, yeah. And so when I came back, I was like, who are all these people? Like who they all know each other. I feel like an imposter just kind of showing up and mm-hmm. I didn't have very many followers and um, which isn't something I was like that was important to me at all. Um, but I just started like showing up and posting and the community was so amazing. They were just like, hi, welcome to the Instagram quilting community. We love you. And, um, and it just re I already loved quilting, but the community on Instagram just like reignited this passion. Like there were people that were interested in what I made and were asking me questions and I was so inspired by all of them and like it just like immediately felt like a family which is a little culty but it was fun <laughs> and so yeah what are you gonna do it might be. <laughs> and so um yeah I started posting and then I started testing mm-hmm. and um the reason I even got into testing was because I had so much, so many years of experience. I, I noticed that there were a lot of like newer pandemic cultures coming into the community. And like, I wanted to help these new designers, like, cause I had 
so much experience with like not pattern writing, but like I've, I had seen so many patterns and how mm -hmm. they were written and I had learned so much. Like I wanted to be able to share that with other designers and yeah. other quilters. And so I was testing. Um, and then I got into designing patterns. Just one day I had an idea and I was like, look at this cool idea. And everyone was like, you need to make this into a pattern. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So really cool. I, yeah. <laughs> How do so I do once that? again, yeah, well, once again, you know, the how hard can it be, Jean? So I went to Canva and yeah. I drafted my first pattern in Canva, which I don't recommend anybody do. It's I was so going to say, how was that? Because that sounds it crazy. Was hard. It was very hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. It took way too many hours, but I did it. And, um, and then I fell in love with designing patterns and writing them. So, wow, that's where I am. Yay, that's so fun. And like, just a testament to that gene, like it's strong. And, <laughs> you know, it can take you places because I think, you know, sometimes people try a business and it fails and then they, they say sayonara to it all together. And they just, you know, go find something else to do, which is fine. Like, do what you want to do. But I think that like, not giving up on it and not giving up on your ideas and yourself is like so important because especially if you feel strongly about it or strongly that you have something to give to the community as a whole, like then do it, find out how to do it. And it's sometimes hard because you do have to dig a lot and you have to ask a lot of questions and that vulnerability can be scary sometimes, but it's super worth it on the other side. Like, and like you were saying, 99% of the quilt community on Instagram is just a bunch of warm fuzzy babes who just want to welcome everybody in and like it's so great out there right so encouraging and it feels like non-competitive and just like everybody's voice gets to be heard and and shared and seen and we lift each other up and it's like that makes it even more fun because it's like oh my gosh my friends are going to be so excited about this thing I just found out or like yes. so happy to support me when I share this new thing I'm making or whatever like it just feels so good to be out there so that's like it's cool that you joined at that time too because I think that's when we were all just like seeking connection because we had been completely cut off from all the connection points we had outside of our homes yes and like so I think people were really coming together to create that because they were craving it and did it in a space where it was still safe right like we didn't yes. we're gonna get each other sick on the internet and yep. I just love seeing what's come out of that because it's like I was still teaching when everything shut down and it was the worst thing I can't imagine I mean I did homeschool <laughs> I did homeschool for my son didn't get a finished kinder. Um, mm -hmm. So we did like the virtual, like whatever. Um, and our teacher did fine, but I was like, this is not going to work for me. Like yeah. I'm not, he's a kid. I can't have him sit down in front of a computer. He's not going to no, do it. It's not um, realistic. So, they need to play. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, so I did homeschool and yeah. like, it was really rewarding to see him, to see him read, but yeah. In that moment, I was like, this is not what I want. I don't want to be a teacher. And I can't imagine how anybody <laughs> is a teacher. <laughs> like, I it's know. not for me. My son was like, can you keep homeschooling me? I was like, absolutely not. You're going back to school. Zero <laughs> percent. Uh, yes, it's yeah. not my thing. But yeah. bless all the teachers. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I like got into teaching because I was homeschooled. Uh, my little brother ran away from kindergarten and I was in first grade and 
So then my mom was like, screw it. I'm homeschooling you. And I was like, how could you do this to me? I loved school. And so I think having been taken out of it, which I, as an adult now, I can understand how scary that is. And like, Mm -hmm. we lived kind of, it's a hugely busy road now. And at the time when we were little, that little, like it was still pretty busy, but not like it is now, but still it's like when your five-year-old is walking down this busy road in the rain, because he went away from kindergarten because his old lady teacher was so mean, like that's terrifying. Right. So like, of course you're going to remove your kid from that environment. But anyway, it wasn't my experience. So I was pissed. And so then I was like, well, well, I'm going to go be a teacher and I'm going to prove, you know, prove that school's fine and it just broke me so (laughs) hard I can't I cannot imagine yeah it's so rough yeah so like being because I had already started quilting like a few years before that so I was already like monitoring quilters on TikTok like a vulture and you know we had the business but I wasn't really doing much because I was teaching and after you know, the 2020, 2021 school year, like I was like, I, I'm done. Like I'm going to dive full time into the business. I'm going to give it everything I've got. And my husband was like, do it. You should like, like your husband, you know, he's just like super supportive, whatever you want to do. Like we have, we haven't flipped anything really, but I mean, mildly, we bought a duplex, like like two years after I started teaching and we renovated our side of it because we lived in half of it and then sold it and bought the one we're in now and slowly fixed some things and now we do Airbnb out of the main floor because it's got the master suite on the main floor and like we just live in the upstairs but anyway so you know we've got some real estate stuff going on and you know just some other things happening that allow it us a little bit of flexibility and comfort to do that but anyway it's just yeah like if that was going to be the time to do it, like that was the time to do it, you know? And it's also scary. Like, I mean, leaving your job, (laughs) leaving the security of like a paycheck to like go do something else. And you get really resourceful. Like I, I, we were willing to really do anything. And like, we did do the renovation stuff and that really helped. Like it really, really helped, which we did that all ourselves. We figured it out. YouTube is like oh my gosh. a godsend. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It's taught me so much that I use every day now. And TikTok's even better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. We did everything ourselves too in both houses. Well, we got, we hired somebody to help with the flooring in the first house because we had never done vinyl plank before, but now we've done it mm-hmm. so many times that we're just like, so many times. Oh, guess we're doing vinyl plank again. Like, it's fine. And I love it. It's great. It's a lot of work, but anyway, yeah, like we did everything ourselves. Cause we're like, we know how to do all these things. Like, and I'm, I'm like you, like, I'm not afraid to figure stuff out. I'm like, how hard can it be? Like, yeah. I if I mess up, well then yeah, we just messed up. <laughs> Whoops. Right. Well, and I think too, I guess I used to be so scared of trying things. Cause I'm like, Oh, what if I mess it up? And then, you know, my husband's going to be mad or my dad's going to be, you know, it's like, there was always some fear of somebody being mad at me for messing up. And but then I'm would like, no, like, that's so silly because if they messed it up, like, I'm not going to be mad at them. It's just like, oops, so well, we got to fix it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it sucks. Cause you're like, oh my God, I have to go to Home Depot again. <laughs> like, yes. 
oh good I've already been there three times today um but anyway so I think that that attitude it's like if I can switch my brain into like how hard can it be for quilting or for the things that I want to do like learning how to handle power tools and how to like hang things on the wall or like install flooring you know it's like you just it's a the same concept it's like you just have to find the how-to the the YouTube videos yeah <laughs> YouTube videos. there's a YouTube video for it I promise <laughs> yeah exactly and then you know I share it with my husband be like okay this is what I found here's how I'm planning on attacking this like just to get his perspective or because he's super handy and he'd be like oh yeah that looks great or he'd be like actually I found that when you know I get to this part I this actually works better and so just kind of talking through it but I'm like okay I'm gonna do it and he's like do you want help I'm like if you hear me screaming then I do but no like I want to figure this out myself <laughs> like and I think it's coming out of that like victim attitude that sometimes like especially as women we can take on and just be like well I need a man's help no, yeah don't. no you don't no we don't no you don't like great. Um, and, well and I feel like it's hard too because like it's for quilting too like mm -hmm. it's it not only is it like for me at least I don't know if it's like this for everybody but it's like my baby and like sometimes it's scary to like start something or like try something new one because like you don't want to mess it up and you're I don't know like sometimes I, I'm trying to like break this mentality but sometimes I'm like how will other people like it? How will they perceive it? And I'm trying to yeah. be like, I don't care what other people think. Um, but also yeah. it's like an expensive hobby. So yeah. um, like cutting yeah. into your fabric is like scary. And it's like, yeah. oh no, what if I mess up? Like, what if I, I don't know. So yeah. I've, I'm really trying to like, and I'm a lot better about it now. Like just cut into yeah. it. Just, yeah. It's going to be okay. It's, You'll have just scrap. fabric. Just yeah. fabric. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that same way too. It's like, I have fabric stash that I'm just like hanging on to, hanging on to, like, I don't want to hate what I make with it because then yes. I'll feel so bad. And then I'm like, Oh, what if I hack into it? And then I find something better I want to make. It's like all these what ifs, right. But it's like, okay, but what if I die tomorrow and I never used this fabric? I guess my mm -hmm. mom gets to keep some really great fabric, but I like, thought about like how much it will be left over. I was just like, this yeah. is way too much. I have to use it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's like, I'd rather, you know, have made a quilt. And then at the end of the day, someone that I love gets that quilt versus like a stack of fabric that maybe they don't know what to do with, you know? So yeah, I'm slowly trying to like make myself cut into the fabric I have stashed up and and a lot of it's like OG cotton and steel and like Ruby star. Mm -hmm. And I've got some good rifle paper I've been hanging on to some Tula. So it's like, it's like good stuff, but. Anyway. I got into Liberty like, Ooh. Uh, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And it's just so great. And I can't, I'm like, I can't, yes, I can. I can't though. I can't kind of do it. <laughs> so it's like, I'm waiting for like the perfect scrappy project, I think. And I'll go, yeah. I'll go for it. But yeah. Well, and it's like kind of spendy, right? So, sorry, I've got something. Yes, I yes, I like am very thrifty. I bought like a, I bought like a shirt, mm -hmm. like it was a Liberty shirt, and I cut that, cut it up, and now I have like a half yard of Liberty. I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have uh, you seen um Amory? She's the next gen quilter. Yes, yeah, she like yes. does that all the time, and I'm always like, she did so the same thing. Her. 
yeah. yeah. She's like, I saved this much Liberty from the trash. And I'm like, oh girl. <laughs> yeah. And it was a discount. Like it's, yeah. it was cheaper or it, I don't, it, I think it ended up being cheaper for her, but it definitely ended up being cheaper for me. Yeah. I found it on like, I don't know, some resale website. Oh, nice. I don't know yeah. how to pronounce it. <laughs> so. Something. Yeah. yeah something. It's, it's cool when you can find fabric like that, that, you know, like, and there's like these like boutique kids clothes places that they literally make these like cute little dresses for like little girls out of quilting cotton. And like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh my God, that's this fabric or whatever. You know, it's like, and so when we get to make like memory quilts or, you know, just like keepsake quilts, that's like, oh, these are all the clothes from my daughter's first year or like her outfits that she had pictures taken in or whatever it is like. Mm-hmm. And then we get stuff like that. I'm like, shh yes, this is so great because we're getting to salvage this fabric and like use it in a quilt. So it's not just like, you know, tossed in the trash, like, oh, well, or just like kept in a box. It's like getting repurposed and reused for something so cool. And like, that's always so fun. So do you like making t-shirt quilts? Yes. Like I know people hate it. No, I (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So fun. And like I it used to intimidate me but like my mom she's very much just like I can do that and yeah. so growing up with that like I've watched her make so many crazy things and she would just attack these t-shirt quilts like it was nothing and so with some guidance and just like learning I'm I've got that same attitude now it's like I love hacking up like clothing to turn it into something usable for these people and like we get a lot of memory quilts like there's not a lot of people out there that will do it. And so, yeah, I, I, whenever I was like in between stuff, I was, I would post on Facebook marketplace, like Mm t-shirt quotes. And once again, I was undercharging, um, but, um, I got so many like sports and graduations and then like, like, um, memory quilts for like parents that may have passed away. And I love it. I love t-shirt quotes so much, but I feel like people don't, not everyone likes to make them, which I yeah. understand. Yeah. But it I can disagree. be hard, but, and also we don't cut everything to be the same exact size unless like somebody's like, no, I want like a legit pattern, like quilt pattern with them. Then, you know, we'll cut whatever we need to do. But typically we just try to use like the biggest usable pieces and like incorporate the cool stuff like pockets and like ruffles or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not everything is the exact same size like the mosaic yeah kind of patchworky yeah and so that's kind of fun because it doesn't come out cookie cutter like oh everything's a 12 inch square you know it's like which I totally get why people do that too streamlining the process is important for you if that's something if you're focusing on t-shirt quilts and you want to get through a lot at a time there are ways that you do that but like it's something we've really decided is like no we want everyone to be unique we want every single person to feel like their quilt is special because it's theirs you know it's like it doesn't look Mm -hmm. like anybody else's and so yeah and recently which I guess it was like about a year and a half ago we had somebody reach out and ask if I could we could incorporate her bridesmaid's dress into a baby quilt for the friend whose wedding she was in and so we did that I was like that's strange like but yeah, totally, depending on what the material is. And, you know, it's just like dress lining. It wasn't anything spectacular, but I worked it into a quilt and it was great. And then she hired me to do another one. And 
now we're doing another one for her. And then randomly someone else hired us to do one at the same time. Like, so that's kind of been fun. Cause it's like, you don't have to keep that dress in your closet. You can use it for something different yeah. and getting to like incorporate it into a baby quilt for that family is like, it's just like such a fun concept. And so that's been interesting, but yeah, anyway, yeah, it's super fun. And I like the idea of, you know, yeah, like taking those things and not just putting them in like a cedar chest or a box for to give to your kid when they're grown up for them to be like, what am I supposed to do with this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they can have a quilt instead. And so anyway, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. Um. Okay. Back to you because okay. I feel like I've been talking about me so <laughs> much and I'm questions. like, I need to stop talking about myself. Um. So when did you... Like, obviously I know there was a deadline, but like, how did being a socialite come to your attention? Did somebody like share it with you or did you just see it on, on their Instagram or. So I had, I'd seen it like on their Instagram, like hours after they posted it. And I like, was like, I'm going to apply. Why not? Like, you know, I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. Um, and so after I didn't get it approached. I guess they didn't reach out to me. It had been a while. I know some people got like asked immediately after. I think there was probably like a little break there. And then they started asking more people. Um, I know Pat had such a hard time. There were a lot of applicants. And Mm -hmm. when I talked to her about it, she was like, I like hate this. Like I hate having to choose. (laughs) Um, and she loved everybody and she loved reading. She read every single application. She read oh every single story. Like one of the questions was, why do you love AGF? And like, mm. she read every single one and it was just, it was hard for her to choose, I think. Oh, I bet. Um, but yeah, that she had, she just messaged me on Instagram and I was like, what? You're like, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, who, what is happening? Um, and so we did a we did a video chat, which was so cool. Pat's so nice. Um, and um, yeah, she asked me and I was like, yes, uh, absolutely. And then when we were talking about like what we we're going to do and we were going to get a bundle, like mm-hmm. just to have just my name at all associated with like the fabric that I originally started sewing with, like that's our galleries, like the first fabric. I don't know if anyone's been sewing it for a while, but like the very first fabric I ever ever got was um, the indie collection from designed by Pat Bravo from our oh, gallery. And so um, like just to know that like my name was going to be at all, like even just a smidge attached to like our gallery at all. I was just like, that's like the biggest thing that I could ever think of. So yeah. um so yeah, and it's been such a fun experience um, getting, I mean, it's nice to be able to get fabric, like we get to request fabric for like any of the projects that we're making. Mm-hmm. And so that's nice, um, yeah. but it's been so fun to see like people make things with my curated bundle, um, yeah. like, cause I just want to share color <laughs> and uh just that every people, mine is very rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to be able to share that with people and then people use it and then 
uh, it's just the best. I love it. So yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so fun. I just like can't even imagine. I mean, I can because I have also loved art gallery for like as soon as I discovered it, like early in my quilting, I was like, what is this? Like because mm-hmm. of the thread count and the weave, like it just feels so different. And I've got my mom obsessed now, which I'm like really proud of myself for. But my very first like art gallery designer love was Katarina. So mm-hmm. I've just and I'm still I'm obsessed about her. Um, but when she said she'd be on the show, I was like losing my shit. <laughs> I need to go back and see that. I yeah, she's know. like my first. She's like one of our very first interviews. And so my friend Miranda was still part of the show back then. Like she helped me start it. And so there's a few interviews with just with her involved, but yeah, she was there and oh my God, I just like, I had been testing for her. So I like had some Uh rapport with her. So it wasn't like out of the blue. And at the time it was, our show was so new and I was just like, I didn't know what I was doing, whatever. And so anyway, so that I'm sure that feeling is very similar where you're just like, I cannot believe this person is talking to me right now. Like, They've been talking to me. <laughs> yeah. Which is so funny because if you ever get a chance to talk to Pat, she's like the most down to earth, like sweet. Like, I was like, why did I build this up in my head? Like, right? she's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's like you admire, it's just like with anything, even if it's like a celebrity or, you know, someone who is making something that you really love and that impacts your life, just getting to talk to them. And like, you know, it's like that admiration is there because they're doing something really cool. And then like, they might be a super down to earth person. Same thing with Katarina. like, she's just so kind and so sweet. And like, same thing. I'm like, well, she's going to say no. (laughs) She was like, like, yeah, immediately. She was like, of course. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) So nice. Anyway. I'll have to go back and, and look at that episode. That's fun. Yeah. I was literally fangirling. It was crazy, but um, yeah, it was super fun. And so I can, I can imagine it kind of probably felt like that. Just like, yeah, it definitely did. And just like feeling seen, like, oh my God, like somebody's seeing this person I admire is seeing what I'm doing and feels inspired by it enough to allow me to do this. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still like, like when it, when she approached me, like I struggle with imposter syndrome so mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. If anyone is watching this, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> not a clue. I'm just winging it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I'm trying to just embrace that. Like, I'm not here to put up like any kind of front. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah. but the fact that like, she even like, I was just like, why? And then that weird guilt stuff comes in. And then I'm like, I don't deserve this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm i not like when I heard, she like told me everybody who she had asked and had said yes up until that point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, like these girls, some of them mm-hmm. I've like followed forever and mm-hmm. like, they have their stuff together and they know what they're doing and, and they're, they have books or they have, you know, this, like, Mm -hmm. I felt very not, um, just like, why, like, why did Mm -hmm. you pick me? Um, but then, you know, I got picked for a reason and Mm -hmm. I have to constantly tell my dear husband again, who's just telling me that he's like, stop, like, 
what are yeah. you doing? You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that was a struggle and I still struggle with that too. I think, um, mm -hmm. just like seeing other designers that I, that I look up to, uh, mm -hmm. consistently sending out patterns and like, I still haven't streamlined any process, um, mm -hmm. or seeing people use color in ways that like I can't, or I don't feel like I can do. And mm -hmm. so, um, but I've just, I always have to tell myself it's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, doing good. <laughs> it's happening whether you can accept it or not. Like, <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. it's fine. Um, okay. So your bundle is called wildflower Hill. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. And, and it's very rainbowy and so cute. Yes. I named it. It's wildflower Hill because so I, I'm in Texas. I grew up in the Texas Hill Country um, mm -hmm. near Austin. And um, Texas is just very flat and mm -hmm. barren. <laughs> it can have trees and green, but like, especially out in the Hill Country, like there's rolling cedar trees. Um, mm -hmm. Cedar's pretty. Uh, yeah, cedar's pretty and makes you have allergies. <laughs> but... It's mostly just like, I don't know, like, I feel like when people think of Texas, they think of like tumbleweeds or like, um, like expansive I don't know. nothing. <laughs> yeah, not colorful, right? And yeah. so, but growing up in Texas, like I've had, I have like snippets of memory of like being in the garden with my mom um, and trying to catch butterflies on the lantanas that's like mm -hmm. one of my strongest memories um or like which is also one of the reasons why my logo is a butterfly um and mm -hmm. so uh but then like you know blue bonnets every spring um mm -hmm. people like rush to the blue bonnet fields to take blue bonnet pictures or put their kids in the middle of these blue bonnet fields and take pictures and it's like tradition for forever and I'm sure other states have like similar things with different flowers but the blue bonnet is sacred um yeah. <laughs> and and there's um there's all these wildflowers that come in the spring and it's mm -hmm. just such a breath of fresh air and it's always so colorful and it's something that I look forward to and I know I get a lot of my inspiration especially for my color use from those memories of mm -hmm. just like walking in a wildflower field and like being around it specifically around spring. And yeah. so yeah. Um, that's why I named it wildflower Hill. And mm -hmm. there's lots of wildflowers in the bundle. It's very flowery, yeah. um, fairy rainbow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ethereal. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. Um, and I, I really try to encapsulate that vibe, um, mm -hmm. all like how much I love color in my bundle. So I yeah. feel like I, I did a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you achieved it because it is super pretty and colorful. And it's like rainbowy without being the rainbow. Because I think, you know, just like the standard red, orange, yellow, like, yeah. cute and all but I think sometimes we want you know a different play on it to be more of the colors that we like to look at you yeah. know like the in-betweens the 
not the primary color kind of thing. So it's, yeah. it's fun to see, you know, how the rainbow gets interpreted by different people. And yours definitely has that, like you said, like fairy ethereal, just like very pretty and fun and bright. And it does convey that. So I love that. So, okay. What, what projects do you have in the works? Like what's coming up? What I have look forward to so many ideas. Okay. I, like I said, I don't have, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I kind of, my process is like, I have an idea. I'm going to do this. And unfortunately with ADHD, it affects my ability to stay motivated to finish something. And so mm -hmm. like, I'll be on fire, but like to the point where like, I'm obsessed. It's all I can think about. It's, I'm hyper-focused. And then like, I get burnt out on this thing that I'm doing. I get about like 80% done. And then I go to the next thing that I mm -hmm. hyper-focus on. And I can't focus on anything else. So, um, so I have all that said, I have a lot of ideas. I ha currently have a, uh, my, it's called Flitter Critter. It's my butterfly logo pattern. Mm -hmm. It is like almost done. I have been putting it off. Um, <laughs> I had some like issues with like the writing, mm -hmm. um, like planning out stuff, but I fixed it. Um, and that is hopefully coming out soon. I don't like putting labels on things or dates because yeah. um, yeah. it immediately makes it not fun. So I am, <laughs> I am waiting until I um, have a couple more projects coming out. I Maybe by the time this airs, it will already come out, but I'm doing the Solstice Sampler. Mm. Um, I have a block pattern coming out for that. Um, that's done and ready to go. I'm really excited for that to release. And then uh, the Slitter Critter, pattern and then I have um a couple more designs all done I have samples sewn I just need to write the pattern so I have lots of ideas um I'm really into exploring like different techniques so like mm -hmm. I think my goal for my pattern writing especially for 2024 is to just each quilt has different techniques so I have one that's mm -hmm. like a triangle quilt I have one that uses flying geese Mm -hmm. um, I have one that's like check checkered and is using strip piecing, mm -hmm. um, like nine patch. I have, um, one that's snowballed corners. Um, my next one is, um, this one for the solstice sampler is doing curvelets. So like I'm trying, mm -hmm. I really want to try like a, a bunch of different techniques. Um, and, uh, and through that I'm learning, but I also want to teach other people to learn. I want to make sure my patterns are, um, I guess unique enough that it's teaching a new technique, but also like, uh, fun and a, like a learning experience. So I'm, um, that's, I have a lot of ideas, but yeah. <laughs> those are my main, I, I have like four quilt patterns that are like in the works that I can hopefully figure out like a good release like schedule and then um like a system mm -hmm. and then have um, lots of patterns released for 2024 so yeah I think right. that's what I'm mostly putting all my energy in for now so awesome I know yeah. yeah I was gonna ask like 
because I also struggle with some ADHD and some anxiety tendencies. And so like I, for me, like, I know I have certain things that help keep me on track, but do you have anything that's like a tried and true thing that will, you know, even if you get off the rails a little bit here and there, is it like, there's something that's working for you to help you systemize things? So that's a really good question. I've, um, what I found is when I get distracted or not distracted, that's not the right word, but when I lose my like ability to focus, it, it's usually because I'm getting burnt out. So number one, I need to take a step back. Um, maybe don't. So, um, but also I struggle with a lot of guilt mm. because of my inability to do something. So if I like, don't finish a project, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I feel guilty because I can't finish this project or, Oh, yeah. I feel, I feel bad about wasting fabric or maybe mm-hmm. I, set a deadline and it passed. And I'm like, I feel guilty about that. So just a lot of guilt. So what I'm, the thing that's been working for me the most is to just ride, go ahead and just ride my, I don't know how to describe it, my ADHD wave. So Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to be hyper-focused. I'm going to ride it. And then if I lose steam, if I lose that motivation to finish that project, or if I'm just not feeling it, I'm just not going to do it. And I'm yeah. not going to worry about it. And I'm just going to go ahead and like, let myself start a new project or mm-hmm. like maybe play with fabric and get a new idea in my head. And so then I'll get a new idea. I'll get on fire for that. And then eventually I will cycle back around to this first project where I now I'm like motivated to do it. I'm excited to do it, happy to do it. And so I found that that works for me, but that's mostly because I struggle with a lot of guilt. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to feel guilty. I don't want to feel bad about not finishing a project. I'm doing this because I love doing it. And I don't need to feel anything other than joy from this like creative process. And so if I'm gonna, that's you, that's, that's where my trigger is, but like, yeah, that's come through years of like recognizing my own behaviors and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like what it is that is causing my, my executive dysfunction, I guess I'll say so. Yeah. 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 I think guilt is like, it is like a common thing for, you know, that like burnout that, that ADHD years, you know, feel after hyper fixating. And so I think if you can recognize it, I think that's great because you're allowing yourself the space to just be who you are and experience Mm -hmm this thing that you've created how you want to experience it right like I think if we let other people tell us or inform how we experience like our own businesses or our own journey in quilting like that's where we can get that burnout so fast or we can get felt like you know feel like we're being pushed into a corner in some way and so I love that you're listening to yourself and listening to your body and like I think ultimately that's like such an achievement to be able to do that and not feel the guilt of like, no, this is just how, where my brain needs some rest. And this is where, you know, I can recharge by doing something else. And so I think trying to find ways to like explain those cycles to yourself without using guilt is like, it's like a big win. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And being able to like, let go of this idea that like, I have to finish this. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a big thing because like, 
when I didn't finish things with my previous business, uh, mm-hmm. it ended up leading to a failure. And so, but it was because I was burning myself out. Right. Um, and it's because I was not happy and I didn't want to do this thing, or I didn't want to say yes to this custom order or whatever. And so now that I am allowing myself to just be like, it's okay. I don't have to finish this thing. Yeah. Um, I also feel like that might be a little bit of a privilege though, you know, like some people don't have the luxury to just be like, I don't want to do this today. Uh, so, yeah. um, so it's, it's, but that's, it's a balance. That's why it's so hard to run your own business. Um, um, sometimes I don't have that luxury. Like sometimes I have to do it, hit a deadline or I need to do this thing to pay my, you know, my bills for mm-hmm. my business. And so it's, it's hard. It's a very hard balance. Um, and I wish I could give everyone the secret formula to like right, fix it yeah. and make it all better, but it's just a learning process for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and just honoring yourself in the process too, of like giving yourself grace to like try things and fail and pick yourself back up and figure out something else. Like, okay, that did not work for me, but now I'm going to find something that will, or I'm going to try this other thing that hopefully will work. And like, for me too, I had to remove the like, the morality from like doing care tasks or like, you know, that guilty conscience is like, I'm not a bad person just because I didn't clean my sink right or, you know, do the dishes immediately or, you know, get this pattern done right away. Or, you know, I maybe missed the deadline on a quilt, but it's like the person's not mad or, you know, whatever it is, it's like there's moral ambiguity to it. Like it doesn't, there's no good or bad. It's just it is, it is what it is. And finding that space for me has been super helpful. It doesn't make me a bad person. It makes me human. That right. Life is life. And sometimes you can't do things in the certain amount of time and that's okay. And I think as long as you're honest with yourself in that and saying like, I really wanted to meet this deadline and I wasn't able to, and that's okay. Like I'll get it done, but yeah, it's. And it's- also those are like, Sorry to interrupt. Those are also learning opportunities too for you. Like, why wasn't I able to get this done? Like, where, Mm -hmm. where was it? And how can I set more reasonable expectations later? Not only for me, but also for my customer or for this brand that I'm partnering with or for this Mm -hmm. thing. Like, am I being, am I being um, realistic? Am am I setting realistic expectations for everybody involved here? And how, how can I make it better? And so, um, lots of failure (laughs) is usually the answer. Um, and, and then just pivoting and adjusting. So, yep, absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's just key for everything. Like allowing yourself to fail and pivot and yep. Fail and pivot. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. And if we never take the chances to fail, then we won't ever grow and we won't ever learn how to be more successful at no matter what we're trying. So I love that. Yeah. I'm still learning that. I'm still failing and pivoting all the time. (laughs) Same, same, but it's like built in now. It's like, I have so much more grace and compassion for myself when it happens than I used to. So it's like, yes, it's a given that I'm going to fail and that something's going to go wrong and I'm going to have to find solutions. But like, if I hold on to that mindset that there's a solution for everything and it may not look like how I originally thought it would look, that's okay. And like holding space for that, but 
I'll stop therapizing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this has been great. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been so fun to get to know you and I love you and your stuff even more now. So I'm just like so excited that we got to do this. I know. Thank you so much for having me on. It was really fun. You are so easy to talk to and and I am definitely going to go back and listen to your Katarina I think I saw you interview a few more um designers too yeah Um, I've got a pretty good slate of guests yeah I know you got I know you have Fran um with Riley Blake and I love Fran yeah I hope I actually got to meet her in person first like we were up in Spokane because I have family up there and we interviewed the owners of the quilting bee um quilt shop and she was doing like a trunk show for for her first line that came out with Riley Blake and like her patterns and they were like you should come meet Fran and I was like who's Fran they're like oh my gosh you don't know Fran and so like the owners of this shop introduced me to her and I'm like oh my gosh like I'm up here all the time and she's like crazy I live here and anyway so she's great I I met her at quilt con um I think that was the first time I met her um and she's very fun yeah I love Fran That's great. I love her too. So yeah, go. There's a lot of good people. So I've been very lucky and very blessed to talk to so many people that I love and admire. So well, thank you again. And so let's, um, before we depart, um, where can people find you online if they don't know yet? At Kindred Quilt Co. Everything. Um, I'm on Facebook, Pinterest. Um, I am working on my Pinterest. I'm so I've like kind of figured out how to do Pinterest and like I every time I open up my Pinterest it's like I get so inspired so if you want like color inspiration I've repinned like so much color inspiration if you ever need like an idea for a color palette go check that out um and then um yeah Facebook Instagram I'm on TikTok but not really I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) um and uh yeah and I'm on threads but are we on that anymore I don't know it's I get on there sometimes. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, this what? is fun. <laughs> I mean, it's fun, but it's like, I don't know. It feels just like one more thing to like look at. And yeah, I, just, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have the time. So no, I mean, it's fine. But anyway, okay, well, we'll tag, tag. I will put the links in the show notes. Okay. So <laughs> you can get to your stuff super easy. And yeah. we will look forward to future projects. And I'm yeah. encouraging everybody to go buy your bundle while it's still available because yes. there's only like a few more months left, right? Yeah, our, our, uh, I'm not a, a hundred thousand percent sure about this, but um, so our contracts end like February. So I'm not, I'm sure they'll still sell some mm. into 2024 left, yeah. after that, if they have them left. Um, but yeah, once they're gone, they're gone after that. So, okay. All right. Well, hopefully everybody checks your stuff out and yeah, thanks again. I can't wait to keep chatting and inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It was so fun. Yeah.